Hello. Wattsila Voyage, one of the three marine divisions of the Finnish tech business, is focusing on intelligent technology. It's claimed this will transform the way vessels perform their voyage by reimagining voyage planning, performance monitoring and fuel efficiency, ship-to-shore connectivity and just-in-time arrivals, and enhanced situational awareness. Now, obviously, Vartsila isn't the only company making such claims. Too often, these claims go unchallenged and remain unexplained items on the corporate website. I'm Richard Clayton, and I'm chief correspondent at Lloyd's List, and I'm joined for this podcast by Sean Fernback, president of Vartsila Voyage. Thanks for joining me, Sean. Hello, Richard. Good to be here. Now, I want to begin by asking you to unpack uh, one of your most all-embracing ambitions, which is to create an ecosystem of services and solutions to solve some of shipping's most intractable problems. Uh, Ecosystem is one of those overused words that probably has lost its initial meaning. What does Vatsila Voyage mean by ecosystem and what does it cover? Thank you. Yes, I, I would agree that ecosystem is probably uh, overused slightly as is smart ecosystem. I think what we're trying to do is, is we, we sort of stepped back and had a look at the broader problems that exist today in shipping. And, and I think we're, we're changing our, our mindset slightly from where we've come from in the past, where I think the, the business has been very much, it's been very innovative and it's come up with great ideas and had to go and find a customer with one of those ideas. And what we've tried to do is identify what are the real problems that are happening today that exist today in, in, in shipping. And shipping is, a, of course, a broad term across many different aspects of commercial, commercial marine. And, and, and where do we best leverage our expertise and knowledge and in, in helping solve some of those problems? And so we, we think that, I mean, shipping has two, fundamental challenges as we look forward. The first one, of course, is decarbonization, which is a big topic in itself, as you're well aware. And the, and the second is digitalization. And it's, and it's one of the last in, industries to, to, to um, go down that road effectively. And it started that journey. And I think there are players that are more advanced than others, and that could be ship owners, operators. But it's a long tail, and there's a lot of smaller ship owner operators that, that, that need to get onto that onto that journey and they need to, to, to reap the benefits from it uh, at some point in time. And they will be forced to do so, especially when you look at the topic of decarbonisation. So so what we're trying to do is, is I think it, at Vatsila generally, we have, we're in a, a fairly unique position because we're very vertically integrated. In fact, the only thing we don't produce is the hull, and I gather we're used to. So, so there's a lot of opportunity to connect the dots. And it's kind of why I have my, my backdrop here. You know, not just only on the vessel, how you connect automation and navigation to ship to shore, but connected also to propulsion. So you can control the speed of the vessel through the journey. And we have examples of that and, and, and something we did over the summer with Hapag Lloyd. So, um, so I think that's a, an advantage point. And, and I think when we talk to customers, they are looking, they are, they are moving more and more towards tighter integration. 
uh, especially on, on the vessel. So there's the vessel side and there's the shore side element. And then I think there's beyond shore side in the sense it's beyond ports. And, and that's something that we're taking a lot of interest in and in looking at that broader supply chain, uh, you know, the sorry, logistics chain and how we, how we can sort of connect the dots across that. So the idea is to drive efficiency, predictability and, and ultimately reduce operating costs and, 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 um, and, and subsequently reduce emissions. So it's, it's, it's creating that portfolio of products and services that solve those problems and applying those ideally to a broad set of vessel classes. Not all, but, a, but, 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 but a broad set. And that's what we're trying to do. Now, I know one of the critical parts of this will be to work with businesses both uh, inside shipping and outside it. And you're setting up partnership partnerships with some companies and collaborating with other companies. What do you see as the difference between these relationships? Yes. Um, so partnerships are, I, I see partnerships as, as um, ways to enable uh, um, value creation. And what do I mean by that? So wh- when you look at this so-called ecosystem, it's very clear we can't build it all and we have no intention of building it all. Um, but we also want to, we have to make the decision of how much of the value do we want to capture out of that. You know, we are a business and we have to be profitable and make our contribution to the group. And how much do we want to not catch or how much we want to share. So in, in, in partnerships, we'll, that we very much apply that to, um, getting, getting the, getting the products and services built and delivered. So, you know, we're about to announce a, a very substantial partnership, um, you know, in, in, in the, in the space of, of, of our platform. And that's because that company brings a huge amount of knowledge and expertise and, and shared R&D, let alone existing technology, which we can leverage. It's not something we want to build. I don't see it part of our core business. So we are looking at, and we have other partnerships today, when you look at people like OTG, Ocean Technology Group, which we have with Simulation, uh, and and and, uh, and up in Canada and Vancouver, we have a partnership with um, Portlink that is that helps broaden our value proposition in, in um, you know, in, in BTS and, and port traffic and also PMIS, port management information systems. So those partnerships help us enable creating a, a better proposition, value proposition for the customer in areas where we decide that we don't want to build that, we'd be better off partnering. And I can see more of that in, in, in the future because, like I say, it's a question of what is our core business and what is affordable. We can't, uh, we can't build anything. Collaboration is a different topic, and when I look at um, commercial marine, and I think a, a great topic around this is data. And you know, everyone gets excited when we talk about data; it's the new gold. And one has to remember that in commercial marine, you're dealing with relatively few assets. You know, when you compare it to, you know, mobility applications, which are which are millions and millions of assets, whether whether they're cars, you know, whether they're people. And how you manage that, and there are different services uh, and solutions out there that, that create opportunities and applications and value for people. But in marine, we're talking about seventy to eighty thousand vessels. And why do I think there's a, a need for collaboration? Because I think that if you're trying to 
use data in a constructive way to create value um, or, 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 to, or to have an understanding of analytics, you need scale. And I think that if if we all go down the road where we all do our own thing, um, and some end up with 20 ships data, and some end up with 200, and so on and so forth, what about saying if we collaborate, we get to share, we get to what I would say democratize data, and of the vast pool, so 70 to 80,000 vessels. So when we have 70 to 80,000 vessels data, then we have the scale and arguably the quality to make informed choices and decisions of what we might want to do with that data. So I think it's something that's particular. I feel it's something that's very particular to, to maritime because of the size of the industry. It is a small industry. And it's something where arguably there is a, an opportunity for collaboration. Do you see an OEM like Vatsila working with other OEMs or is the competitive spirit between you too strong? And that's a good question. It's a fine line. And, and I, I think, and I've said it before, I think there's a conversation to be had. And that needs to be had and we need to see what the appetite is from both sides. It, how that, if they, if they would like to, 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 to move on a path towards, you know, uh, a collaboration. But I think it's worth having. Um, and I feel that there is still opportunity that with such data that we can individually still create our own value propositions. And, and, and as you say, re remain competitors. But I, but I, I, again, I challenge if there is this very, very small data set, and it's very hard to create real value from that. And I think the sum total of, of the parts is, is greater and, and can be shared and, and leveraged amongst many OEMs, should we choose to do it that way. Now, I'm sure you've been looking at partnerships, not just in shipping, but but outside shipping. Is there a partnership that kind of stands out for you as something that shipping should be following? Um, like, yes, I can think of examples within in shipping. I mean, outside of shipping, it, again, maybe it's related to the announcement that we're going to make, which is uh, a, a, an organization that has nothing to do with maritime today but it will do tomorrow and um i i think that's a good example of of a a partnership and in this case a technology partnership that that's going to deliver tremendous opportunity and value for us and there's absolutely no reason why other oems or or, or even smaller companies within the maritime sector can't do the same with the same partner it's it's absolutely not exclusive um, so, so many maritime businesses are spending time and effort developing their own platforms and investing in research and development in the digital space. And this usually means competing to recruit data analytics uh, expertise. What's your view on that? Yes, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's in, in technology generally, I would say probably globally, it's, it's a real talent war out there. And um, and we've regrettably lost some some great individuals to some of the bigger players that write very very big checks. Very hard to compete with. So it's a very un, uneven playing field at, at the moment. So that said, well, I think we've been very successful uh, in the last year once we sort of pulled our story together. Um, 
to attract some amazing talent. And, 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 uh, you know, typically, and I might be a bit old fashioned here as a, as a former engineer, engineers generally like to come to work to do interesting things. Not always chasing the money. And although though, I think there's a little bit of that now. And I think at Voyage, we have a very, very compelling story, which we use, uh, very much use in, in our recruitment drive, um, when we're trying to bring new talent in, in specialist areas, like you suggest, in, 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 its, in, in the platform, um, in, on the data side in terms of science and analytics, um, and, and of course, artificial intelligence, uh, all those different very specialist uh, skill sets that you wouldn't usually see in a in a traditional maritime area, we're having to bring in to support us in 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 the products and services that we're developing in the future. It's very competitive, um, and and like I say, we don't match financially the the, the compensation that that uh, is offered by some of the bigger players. Um, but I like I say, we we so far we're, we've done well uh, through selling a very compelling story and. And doing something, you know, very real and something where they really feel that there's something where, which will deliver, you know, not only true value to the customer, but make a little bit of a difference, especially if we look at optimization and around decarbonization. But looking at some of your customers, they are setting up their own platforms. Um, mm. Why are they doing that? Surely they should be working with you. I think, yes, absolutely. I mean, there may be a few reasons why they're doing it. One, because they, they feel they should because they don't feel the need to reach out and have a discussion yet. And maybe that's something we ought to think about leading. Um, and I think the other reason is probably simpler in the sense that once they decide to do it, they go and hire somebody from the IT industry who then comes in and says, right, I need a budget of X and I'm going to build all of this myself. And they think that's the right thing to do because they've just hired somebody who talks in a language which they don't understand. They think it's the right thing to do. I think there are examples of that, and uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, in the long term, and my experience of building platforms uh, or being associated in, in companies that are operating platforms, and I was at Nokia here, as you well know, and of course TomTom, who, who both operated substantial platforms in the sense of millions of users. Um, and billions of instances a day on the platform. These things need investment, uh, they need maintenance, they need to operate 24-7 with an uptime of 99.9. It's a very, very different world. And it's really about, again, it's about if, if that's our core business, can we afford to do that? And we've chosen not to, we've chosen to partner. Um, and um, it, it's it, and, and also, it, again, it, it's something that we would push and recommend that others also did. It's not something they should. It's, it's not a road I would recommend anybody went down, not in this particular industry. So I know you're very keen to <clears throat> to work on educating your customers uh, in the potential of digital uh, technology. How has that gone? Have your customers listened to you um, or what, what are your plans I think it's quite a mix, Richard. Um, we've got some customers that I think are high, very innovative. I mean, if you take cruise, for example, it's a it's a it's a fascinating industry. It's 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 coming, you know, it's it, it's on a road to recovery. It's had a very tough year and a half, as you well know, because of the pandemic. But when you look and listen to their thinking, I mean, in, in innovation in technology, they're 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 quite ahead 
um, compared to say you know the rest of maritime other other vessel classes. That said, there are some companies, you know, for example, we work with CMA CDM, and and they are also real thought leaders in in this in this space. So some of the bigger players, and of course Maersk would be another one, and I'm sure there's there's many more. So forgive me for not naming them all. Um, they are they are pretty much advanced in their in their thinking and um and we and we try to work closely with them and uh um and sometimes we persuade them not to do that we'd rather they did something with us but there are other players that that we need to hold their hand through this so that they understand and 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 certainly like one of our products which is fairly new and fairly innovative it, it requires it's quite a long selling because we're having to educate before we can actually sell, you know. Um, and we, we see, you know, we see that probably for the for the next few years for a number of the solutions and services that we're developing because, as I say, we're very much uh, marine is very much at the bottom end of that digitalization curve. So it's it's going to it's going to need that, and that's until there's a whole new, you know. Demographic, a whole new generation of people come into commercial marine, and the older people, shall we say, move out, and they come in, and they're from a world of technology and smartphones and social networking, computers, and all that sort of thing. So that's kind of the world that they're used to, the world they live in. And then I suspect it will become easier. It will become easier. So just as a final question, uh, Sean, um, shipping's global as you know, yet Vatsila Voyage is still heavily concentrated in Scandinavia and Northern Europe. With the center of gravity of shipping firmly established now in the Asia-Pacific region, do you expect to strengthen your footprint in the APAC region next year? Um, very much. Good question. We, um, we recognize that, um, I think we recognize that we've try to run an Asian operation at arm's length from Northern Europe, and that's not really worked and if you look at the significant shift of the center of gravity of shipbuilding from northern europe to, to asia you know if we either we either become a part of it or we get left behind so we have a we have significant plans to uh, increase our presence and operation in asia um and we, we just signed a a, a a gentleman fabulous guy uh, that will be starting with us next year to lead that operation. We want to build a local operation so it has a degree of autonomy. I, we want to move away from this concept or this ideal that Asia has to align with Europe. It's not. It's going to probably be the other way around. You know, so it's a very, very big shift in our thinking internally. Um, and we need to make sure that we build the right landscape of, of talent to, to service the customers, the yards, you know, the operators, the owners, what have you, in Asia, so that we can become, um, shall we say, more front of mind in their in their selection process, and we and we need to build those relationships. It's a it's a long term um, opportunity for us, and I think that we, if I look at Vatsila, we've tried to do this in the past, um, and I think it's been an arm length approach and we're now changing that uh, certainly voyage we're, we're certainly changing that and it's going to be a central operation within asia so i'm uh, i'm i live in hope i think it will i think it's the right thing to do invest in asia and i can say staff it properly build the relationships with the yards and the owners and what have you and then i think it will start to start to significantly take off 
Well, thank you, Sean. Um, <clears throat> what's become clear during the COVID-19 pandemic is that building business relationships, whether in the form of partnerships or by collaborating in a looser grouping, uh, maybe even by simply bringing in external expertise into a project, that's probably the way ahead. No company can claim to have all of the skills needed to transform shipping to a cleaner, greener industry. It's complicated and it's challenging. And no doubt there are avenues of innovative technology we haven't even begun to explore. Now, let's hope this podcast has whetted your appetite to find out how you could make use of intelligent technology. So thank you once again to Sean Fernback, and thank you too for listening to this Lloyd's List podcast. Podcast.